There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. For all of us, it's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Zipporah Allen, CMO of Pizza Hut. Zip for short. She's a relatively new CMO starting the job in early 2018 or end of 2017 at Pizza Hut. Prior her career, she was at Pizza Hut before as well as McDonald's and also stationed in Australia at one point in time in her career. We talk a little bit about all of those things. But more importantly, we spend a good bit of time talking about the pizza category, where Pizza Hut is, their new sponsorship with the NFL, the search for their current and new agency at GSDNM in Austin, Texas, and when we should expect to see some new work starting with the NFL season. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Zip. Well, Zipporah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Is it okay? I've heard you go by Zip. Is it okay if I call you Zip? Absolutely. Everybody calls me Zip. <laughs> it's faster. <laughs> it is faster. <laughs> Easier to spell. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about and cover. I thought we could start with just your background and where you started your career and what was your path to become CMO at Pizza Hut? Sure. So I actually started on the vendor side of marketing. So I started with a company called News America Marketing, and my job there was really to put together promotional for CPG companies. And, you know, I 
really took that job kind of fresh out of college with the intention of really understanding kind of what are all the jobs within marketing and to get kind of a lay of the land. And, you know, very quickly that job was, you know, I, I love that job. The team there was great. But very quickly, I really wanted to be on the other side of the table and go client side. So I ended up going back to school and um, doing a full-time MBA program and really found a love for marketing and how companies make money and you know how you kind of differentiate your brand. And so after business school or during business school, I interned at McDonald's Corporation and then ended up joining them full-time after business school. And got the opportunity to work on global Happy Meals and work on partnerships and Happy Meal toys and, you know, bringing that iconic brand to life for the consumer. And really, it's the entry point to the McDonald's brand. And so I learned a lot both from a global perspective and from a partnerships and, you know, everything from like nutrition, putting fruit in the Happy Meals to how to manufacture toys on a global scale. And then at that point with McDonald's, you know, I think one of the things that is great about multinational companies is it gives you the opportunity to really get a global perspective. And so I took the opportunity with them to move overseas to Australia for a few years. And so I spent three years in Australia, really moving beyond sort of um, what we called the family business at McDonald's to more of the core marketing around value and food innovation and launching new products, really running a marketing calendar, understand working very closely with our franchisees in the Australia market. And what that experience really taught me was how to work on a brand that you're really familiar with and you have a lot of gut around, but in a completely different context where, you know, I, I didn't grow up in Australia, so I, they would reference past campaigns and I didn't know what they were talking about. So it made me very data-driven as a marketer and very insights-driven from a consumer perspective because the brand is a little bit different in that market. And so after a few years there, I took the opportunity to move back to the States and actually took a role outside of marketing for a couple of years, working on the menu strategy team, really looking at where the growth would come from over the next five to 10 years for the business, whether that be through chicken or new day parts like dinner. And that was an experience really framing up big problems on a global scale for, you know, McDonald's is just a behemoth of a brand. So I got the opportunity to really understand kind of some of the frameworks to think through those big business problems. And I got the call from Pizza Hut three years ago. And Pizza Hut's always been a brand that I have loved. I grew up as a book it kid, which is, you know, our literacy program where we encourage kids to read in classrooms around America and reward them with their very own personal pan pizza for meeting their reading goals. So that was a program that I grew up on. And I've always loved Pizza Hut. And, you know, I think that I was really interested in, you know, not just the brand, but the people here and the learning opportunity. And so it's been three years at Pizza Hut. I started as a senior director and really moved into the CMO role as of January. Well, that's, you've got quite a breadth of experience. So the Happy Meal, I mean, just anything that (laughs) exudes childhood, like the Happy Meal is a fantastic product. You get to put your hands on and make your mark on and you're bringing fruit into that was as a parent of a 10 year old who occasionally, you know, we stopped by the Happy Meals and, and got that. It made me feel a little bit better that I was giving her something nutritious, but also, you know, Pizza Hut in my hometown in Concord, North Carolina, this at the time was probably 30,000 people. Pizza Hut was like the community meeting spot, especially as you got to be a teenager. And I remember those book 
stars and collecting those stars to go and redeem to get you know whatever it was i can't even remember what i got at pizza hut but i remember that as well as the pac-man game that i played until my wrist hurt so it's quite a series of brands that you've worked on and products itself i guess if you think about the sub products of happy meal and pizza hut but you know you've had this kind of i would say a fast career if you will having you know kind of accelerated in your career i think I don't want you to have to give divulge your age, but I think you're young for CMO. So were there any twists or turns or mentors along the way that kind of helped you? I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I am on the probably younger side of the CMO range, but I have had a lot of experience, as you say, with, you know, some really great brands to work on with Happy Meal and, you know, now Pizza Hut. You know, I think a couple of things... One of the accelerators, my time in Australia, I, I don't think I would have been prepared for the job that I have now and the role that I have now without spending those three years. And those three years were probably the most personal and professional growth that I've experienced in my life to date. I moved I moved to a country where I literally didn't know anyone and had to put my boss as my emergency contact on my (laughs) HR paperwork (laughs) because there was nobody on the continent that they could call if there was an emergency, you know, and then because, you know, it's a smaller market, there's 22 million people on a total landmass that's the same as the United States. So the teams are leaner and you just have the opportunity to work on so much and wear a lot of hats. So I really view that time as one of the big accelerators. You mentioned mentors. I've had a lot of them and a lot of great teachers over my career that I still keep in contact with. My first boss at McDonald's, she was just a tremendous fit for me as far as, you know, giving me opportunities to grow and stretch, but then also calling me on, hey, you didn't do this as well as I thought you could. And, you know, I've had a lot of mentors and coaches over the years that have really kind of set a very high standard for me, which is, you know, I think one of the ways that talent develops, because if you set the bar high, nine times out of 10 people will hit it. And so I think those are probably the two big accelerators that I've had. That's great. That's great. Well, let's talk about the pizza category. Where do you think the pizza category is today in your mind? Yeah, I mean, the pizza category, gosh, it's an exciting time to be in it right now. You know, you've got sort of four big national players in the U.S. that are really being disrupted by, you know, a lot of adjacent industries. So not only do you kind of have sort of the traditional product and price and value and, you know, all of that that has traditionally been a part of playing the pizza game, but you've got this influx of kind of a new consumer definition of convenience with delivery. So you've got a bunch of aggregators entering the space where, you know, if you think back 10, 15 years ago, the only things you could really get delivered were like pizza and Chinese food. And now you can get anything delivered. And so the choices have just, you know, exploded from a consumer standpoint. So that's one piece of the disruption. And then you also have sort of the technology piece, which, you know, we've got a major player in our category that I think has done really well over the years, making investments in the technology piece and the access from a consumer standpoint, but the consumer's expectation of ease and convenience, both from a physical like delivery, it comes to me standpoint. And then also from a, I press two buttons and I get pizza. 
um, standpoint is kind of unprecedented in our category. And, you know, combine that with a fairly commoditized product where pizza is pizza is pizza. You've got a lot of disruption going on in the category right now. And I think, you know, you could look at that and be like, wow, you know, traditional pizza and like the, it's a really hard market to be in. But I personally think that it's a super exciting time to be kind of in the middle of all of that disruption and, and working through how we remain relevant through that. You know, we've got a really strong history as a brand. We just turned 60 years old or 60 years young this year. And, uh, you know, you mentioned we used to be the hangout in kind of all the towns in which we operate. And so how do we take that emotional connection that consumers had and bring it into today and for the future? That sounds great. Now, I read about $130 million investment that you guys are making. I think you announced it in 2017. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what types of investments you're making in the business? Yeah. uh, You know, I think consistent, our business strategy is really focused on, you know, making the shift to a more digitally enabled and delivery focused organization just where the consumer is going and where the category is going, there's a need for us to really accelerate that part of our business. So that's really where where the investments are going. And, you know, I think that being able to accelerate that in partnership with our franchisees is, is really important for the future of this brand and the business. Okay, great. Now, you are the official pizza of the NFL now taking over from Papa John's in 2018. So I should say, one, congrats, because that's quite a sponsorship. If you think about what goes with watching football, pizza is probably at the top of the list. (laughs) So, you know, what are you looking for for that partnership to do for you going forward and as a business? Yeah, we're thrilled with that partnership. And to your point, like pizza and football, that's just, it goes together. It happens naturally. I know in my house on Sundays, on Thursdays, on Saturdays, there's usually pizza and wings and football going on in our living room. So, you know, I think that the expectation for that partnership is really just Pizza Hut has always, if you look at kind of where we have been and where the brand was at, its has always been at its best. We have been a business and a brand that has been about innovation and entertainment and more special and amplified experiences for the consumer. So the NFL fits in really well with that. It's our, I view that partnership is our ability to really take what used to happen in our restaurants, where that was all about connecting, you know, having a moment with either your friends or your family and really taking that into a consumer's home. If you think about how consumers consume football right now, it's usually not in a stadium. You know, you think about the stadiums are packed every single weekend, but tens of millions of consumers are experiencing their favorite team in their homes. And so there's an opportunity for us to play a role in the way that we always have with consumers in amplifying that connection and really helping consumers connect on a more emotional level. So our strategy with the NFL and with sports in general is we're all about the fans and making that fan experience as great as it can be in the home. What is it do you think about sports and why that might be a focus point for your marketing mix? I mean, I've talked to other CMOs that have that almost same strategy, maybe even to a, a greater extent, like somebody like State Farm. I mean, you can't watch a live sports 
show and not see a State Farm logo. Yeah. So, you know, just from your own experience or your own perspective, what is it about sports? Yeah, I think from a content standpoint, the fact that it's played live, the fact that, you know, you have to watch it real time. It's not something that, you know, you're going to miss all of the fun that comes with engaging with your favorite team. If you kind of delay, watch it, you kind of have to watch it in the moment that it's happening. And so I think that's one of the things that makes it exciting. I think the other thing is it's really rare, even if you are watching at home by yourself, you're usually either texting friends. I know my friends and I have like a massive text chain that goes on every single time our college team plays, even though we're in different cities. So like, even if you are watching alone in your home, most of the time consumers aren't, but there's still that inherent connection to something bigger. I think from a consumer insights perspective, that's something really powerful to tap into. It's, you know, it's one of the places I think in consumers' lives where those authentic connections really exist and they exist over time. Season after season, you're always going to be, you know, rooting for your team. My husband's a huge Buffalo Bills fan and already, you know, him and his friends are getting excited for the season. They're excited about the draft. And it's just this ongoing, you know, way of having authentic connections. So I think the live nature of it and the fact that it's just this authentic place where consumers are really passionate about are, you know, I think the two things that make sports really attractive, especially for a brand like ours. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, you've recently changed agencies again and hired GSDNM in Austin, Texas. And you know, as I watch the news stories about this, I was kind of intrigued. You know, the move from a couple of New York agencies in the recent past to one now that's middle, you know, in the middle of the country. Can you tell us a little bit about the change and you know, was there anything about moving to the middle of the country as somebody just watching from the outside? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's probably we've bounced around over the years. And I think that, you know, Pizza Hut has been really in a mode of trying to really solidify, you know, what our brand voice is, how we want to show up and differentiate ourselves in the marketplace. And so finding a partner that can help us do that in a really authentic way. We've kind of bounced around a little bit in trying to find that. What's I think different about this agency search is we have a lot of clarity on how we want to differentiate the brand, where we are going from a tone and a positioning standpoint. And that clarity has really helped us hone in on how we think about 
the appropriate partner to help us bring the brand to life. So I think by coincidence, maybe we've ended up with an agency in the middle of the country. But I think most importantly, we were looking for a partner that could help bring the brand's values to life. And, you know, we started in Wichita, Kansas. And so we're a brand that has kind of like heartland Midwestern values. And, you know, I think sometimes that's hard to bring to life when, you know, you have talent that isn't necessarily familiar with what that means. So we're thrilled with GSDNM being our partner. They've, you know, they've jumped in and already started to add a lot of value. We're like, right in the midst of football season planning. And we awarded the business on a Tuesday and they were in our offices at 8 a.m. the Wednesday. <laughs> the next so, so, you know, they've been fantastic partners to work with so far. That's great. Well, what did you, you know, switching agencies is always filled with excitement yet anxiety. You know, what did you learn going through that process? And, you know, is there any advice you'd give others looking to change or find a new agency? Yeah. You know, I think we were pretty thorough in making sure that we picked the right partner this time, just knowing that, you know, we've had quite a few partners over the years. We were really looking for a long-term relationship. And I think, you know, when you're looking for a long-term relationship, you've got to put the time in. And so we spent a lot of time, you know, not just looking at kind of the work and the talent, but really understanding the chemistry with the teams and you know, with our culture, because our culture is pretty distinct. And so our, actually our first round of the search was what we called chemistry sessions, where we really just kind of sat for a couple hours, kind of got to know, you know, the potential partners, and then also kind of talked about the things about Pizza Hut that are, you know, maybe unique versus other clients. And so it, we, spent time going to our prospective agency partners um, when we got down to, you know, sort of a tighter list. So then flew to their offices and spent a significant amount of time there so that we could understand, you know, what makes them tick, what's their culture like. So I think the biggest lesson is just the investment in time. It was a little bit exhausting, <laughs> but the result I think is we had a really clear picture when we were down to kind of our final few. And you know, I think we had just a really good feel for how a long-term relationship was going to work in the day-to-day because we had invested that time. One quick follow-up on that, because I hear a lot of times people talk about the chemistry that just felt like the right team to be working with. How much does the work that you see through that pitch process play a role? I mean, if you had a team this is kind of a what if situation. So I realize it's hypothetical, but you know, if you had a team and you're like, I just really want to work with them and the work's a little off, would you still pick them? That would be my question. Yeah. I think that's a hard one because it's got to be both the work and the chemistry. That being said, I think there's a lot of fabulous agencies out there that have really good talent. So you know, the old kind of advice is hire an agency, don't hire a campaign. So, you know, I think in that scenario, going through the search, you know, one of the things that we looked at was we had kind of an initial tissue session on the work and then kind of provided some feedback and then saw how that feedback was incorporated into the final round. And that was really telling on, you know, how collaborative the 
agency going to be? How open are they to taking the feedback? How do they action the feedback? How much do they push our thinking? And so, you know, I think in that hypothetical situation, I think if you've got the right fit and you feel like you've got the right team that can get the work to where it needs to be, then absolutely. Because I think pitch processes are weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's like for stating. It really is. It really is. And then it's kind of this like, you know, a little bit of a hypothetical situation to kind of see proof of concept. So, you know, I think hire the agency, don't hire the campaign. That's good. That's great advice. So, yeah, I don't know if you can speak to this, but when will we see new work? And, And can you tell us anything about it? I can see, definitely speak to the timing. Okay. So we are right in the midst of planning for football season. So the new work will hit concurrent with the start of the, the NFL season. So we're actually shooting it this week, which is really exciting. And, you know, the campaign really helps us. You know, I talked a little bit about how we're trying to differentiate and we're really trying to take what has always been there from the way that the consumer experiences pizza. So that Pizza Hut, the connection that consumers had in our restaurants, the emotion associated with it, a little bit of the nostalgia. Um, I think we've shied away from that in the past. But if you think about the pizza category, a lot of our competitors own very functional spaces in the category. Price, food quality, um, access. Those are all very functional things that are absolutely important to keep us top of mind for the consumer, but aren't necessarily going to play to our strengths as a brand. We definitely have to meet the standard of what the consumer expects. But as we think about how we leverage the emotion associated with our brand and how we tap into those memory structures of consumers, um, I think what you'll see from the new campaign is we really kind of push off that functional place that the category is in and take it to a, a more emotional place. So that's what I could share right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. I mean, I think you mentioned earlier, you know, the category is somewhat commoditized. I think that's a really smart strategy to try to figure out the emotional appeal, the thing that you could stand for, the, not to not to quote Michelle Obama, but when they go low, you go high, you know? <laughs> so it's important to me. I want to kind of pivot here a little bit and talk a little bit more about you versus Pizza Hut. So it's and it's important for I think listeners to get to know who I'm talking to. Okay. And I love asking this question, which is: Is there an experience of your past that defines or or makes up who you are today? Yeah, my family background is pretty unique. I'm actually half African American and half Filipino, and my mom immigrated to the country in the late mid 70s. And so, and then my father kind of grew up in a circumstance where he really had to get him out himself out of, out of some of the trappings, I think, of some of the socioeconomic things that go on in our country. So I kind of grew up in a family where the expectation was, hey, all these people have made significant sacrifices to either move to the United States or get themselves to a different socioeconomic place where you had opportunity for education, you had access to opportunities that they didn't have access to. So, you know, I'm first generation on the Filipino side of my family. And, you know, I think that that really drives me a lot because I think about the expectation and just the the work that, you know, my grandma was here in the country for 10 years cleaning hotel rooms and doing odd jobs to save money so that her children could move here, one of which was my mom. And so I think about that sacrifice that the generations before me made, and that really 
gives me a very clear picture on, you know, what achievement looks like. And, you know, it does really drive me to make sure that I'm living up to the investment that, you know, the generations before me made. I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing the story. It's a great one. You talk about that drives you. I mean, is there anything from a maybe else that drives you to kind of get up and and go into the office every day? Yeah. I mean, my favorite part of my job, you know, I love the marketing side of it. I love the consumer. I love thinking about how we bring the brand to life for the consumer. But, you know, even more than that, I just, I really love my team. And that sounds really cheesy, but (laughs) getting the opportunity to develop marketing talent to just, you know, I kind of talked about coaches before me that have really set high expectations and maybe thought that I could do things that I didn't even think that I could do. Playing that role in the marketing talent here in their careers is just extremely rewarding. So, you know, my best days are when my team is on fire and people are achieving things that, and, you know, celebrating, high-fiving and doing things that, you know, move their careers forward. So, you know, I'd say that that's like, that's what really gets me up in the morning to come to work. Love it. So besides Pizza Hut, because I know that's probably your number one answer, you know, what brands or companies or causes do you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? I have a two-year-old daughter, so this might be <laughs> this might be just where I am in my life stage. But we've gotten into Legos recently. He's more on the yeah. Duplo side of things. But Lego, I think, is just I've admired them for a while as a brand. I think that, you know, they are a brand that has really taken what could have been sort of a very traditional, very outdated type of play, and they have really modernized it, you know, across all a whole host of platforms. They've licensed, they've got licensed properties that have, you know, come in. I'm a big Star Wars fan. So the Lego Star Wars thing is like incredible. They've extended it into, you know, physical experiences with Legoland. You know, they're in the esports space, you know, with their property. And I just, I think that they are a super innovative company that could have taken like a very you know, they've taken a very traditional form of play and just extended it and exploded it to keep the brand modern and relevant for how kids are playing today. So I really admire them. I agree. Well, we're still in the Lego stage, but we've graduated a couple of times. And the only thing I wish they would do is like with every, well, with your initial first box of Legos is they need to like send you slippers so that, you know, you know, so you don't accidentally step on one. Um, it really is the, the most, most painful, painful thing in the world. <laughs> yes, yes. But otherwise, they're great. And I agree. I agree. They've really knocked it out of the park. So last question for you. What do you think the future of marketing is going to look like? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that we're there in some respects, but I think that there's a lot further that we can go. The age of brands kind of talking at consumers, you know, it's starting to change, but I think we're just starting to scratch the surface. I really think a two-way conversation, but not just a conversation, like a two-way relationship with consumers. We always talk about in our business, we're moving from a transaction-based mindset to a customer-based mindset. And so, In our world, that means, you know, I understand who you are, no matter how you want to access our brand. And I understand what it is that you like. And I understand what it is that you're, you have a higher propensity to like, you know, I think that there's brands that are doing this really well today and anticipating the consumer needs, but 
you know, I think that kind of two-way hyper-personalized relationship is where marketing is going to go. You know, I think it goes beyond even just like a one-to-one basis. It's more of how do you have a conversation and like a true relationship with consumers. Got it. Thank you so much. And Zips, it's been great having you on the show and I can't wait to see the new work when the NFL season starts. Great. Thanks for having me. Marketing Today is brought to you by Atomic. Atomic focuses on unleashing the growth potential for clients we serve. Atomic is a strategic consultancy specializing in business, marketing, brand, and innovation. Our singular goal is to help you accelerate your efforts with the right mix of expertise, analysis, and creativity. Check us out at atomic.com. A-T-O-M-C-K.com. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with writing and editing by Kevin Greeley, social media support by Megan Woods, art and graphic design by Sarah Dell. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love to hear from listeners. and You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes with links to anything we talk about on any episode. You can also search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.